Here I am. R&B the podcast. Here I am. Russ and Blake, your host today. With no guests. Hey. (laughs) All right, y'all. Welcome back to R&B podcast with Russ, with Blake. Thank God for this opportunity to have this conversation. And thank God for the for the Monday. Thank mm-hmm. God for the fresh start. Thank God for February, Black yeah. History Month. Mm-hmm. We had a great question from a listener, old classmate, Enoch Olmstead. Shout out. Shout out, Enoch. He asked what our idea of success was, mm. which I thought was a great question because... The term success can be so powerful, but also so detrimental to one's, um, I guess, conscious or well-being. If we focus on it too much, it can definitely take away from the overall picture. So I'll I'll let Russ dip into this first, because um, we already kind of talked about how we don't want to label success as being just a financial goal. Mm. But what else would you say goes into that statement? I mean, for me, in my journey, success has always been a almost an attitude goal, like an attitude towards how I'm going to approach my day yeah. or how I'm going to stay in the moment throughout my day. Mm-hmm. You know, I could think back to days that I felt were tedious or felt like they dragged out and I had things to do all day long on my calendar and success for me in those days were always how am I going to stay in the moment as I'm going from task to task? Mm -hmm. You know, how am I going to not get ahead? Even if it's only by 30 minutes or an hour to think about what I'm going to do next. That's been something I defined when I was young, like 16, 17 years old and something I've genuinely tried to practice over a decade is figuring out a way to keep tapping back into the moment. And I found that a lot of things that I feel like are successful line up if I just practice that one task Mm-hmm. So I know for sure that's been one thing for me throughout these years that's made me feel successful is mm-hmm. figuring out how to just remain in the moment and almost just wait to react. Yeah, I think a lot of people see success as the outcome. Mm-hmm. And so you're describing success as what it takes to get to the point that people are viewing as success, where whether it's finance or your relationship or the the home you live in, things of that nature, right? Those The goals that we're attaining aren't necessarily what success is, but how you do it, how you do it, the mindset that you're in working up to it. I see success as continuous growth. Every time you grow, you're being successful, right? Well, yeah, you have no, no option, but to grow, Uh you know, but if you look at success as a destination, then that's thinking that you're going to stop. But like you said, success is more so a mindset and a lifestyle. So it doesn't end until you stop uh, existing on this earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think you can because what you choose to define in your life becomes very powerful. Right. So I think that you can also limit yourself, even if you feel like your definition of success is astronomical. It's this huge, beautiful idea of what you can accomplish. You could still limit yourself because you've thought of an end or you've thought of a cap. Mm -hmm. Whereas I believe that if you're tapped in and focusing on the way you work, then outcomes can start to be spontaneous in ways that you wouldn't even have imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so success can be used as a label. We've talked about why labels might not always be the best idea, even if it is a positive label. 
And so again, when you have that mindset of leading a successful life, you might not necessarily uh, get to the point where you actually label yourself as successful. Cause again, that's like an end point. So if you're just continuing to act in the same way uh, that you identify as the person that is going to become successful. But um, I haven't talked to a person that I consider successful that has labeled themselves as successful, but I have heard them talk about the success that they've experienced, mm-hmm. right? So experiencing success, you're achieving goals, you're growing, you're uh, being content with your own actions, you're probably getting some sort of support from the external world. Mm-hmm. Be careful with that one because you can be successful without anybody else thinking you are, right? For sure. And I've experienced in my, especially when I played basketball, because I would set all these goals for me the night before a game where it's like, all right, tomorrow I want to make five threes in my game. And that's what's going to make me feel like I played Mm -hmm. well. And sometimes I would surpass that. And then the minute the game was over, I'd get go on my phone. Oh, I got tagged in a couple tweets, tagged in a couple pictures. This feels good. This feels good hour and a half goes by and the world is a whole different place. No one cares about the goals. No one cares about Mm -hmm. anything that happened. There's a whole new phenomenon going on. So, you know, when I was younger, it's like I would get to that moment and two hours after I reached that goal and feel the emptiness of that moment. And then I had to come to grips where it's like, okay, a new version of success now is two hours later. How am I still feeling about myself? Or two hours Mm -hmm. later after I didn't get my goal, how am I feeling about myself? Am I now in a place where I feel like I need to cope with something that's unhealthy? Mm -hmm. Am I getting back to the grind? Like, there's all these other things that come after that goal has been attained. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's why a lot of people reach success and end up having these stories of falling into a deep depression. Or we hear, you know, trigger warning about suicide when people are in these places that we can only imagine to get to what looks like success. Mm -hmm. And it's because once once they attain it, they're like, oh, man, this is fleeting. Yeah, especially financially. You hear Mm -hmm. about that all the time. People get the dollar amount that they always dreamt of, the house they always dreamt of, and then they have it and there's nothing. That's not what's going to fulfill anyone. Even Shaq was talking about... um, how he regrets so much of his decisions because he's in a hundred thousand square foot house by himself at Mm -hmm. this point. And the things that he did, I don't even really know the details to be honest, but he just has said this on live TV more than once. The decisions I've made have made it to where I am alone and people see me as successful, but I messed up and this isn't what I saw as success because he made his own definition of success but then uh, clearly he went off track and was making decisions probably more so for his profession and finances over his family which is never a good idea but is also very common and decision because it's hard to balance but you have to balance because again the mindset is the first piece of that success and I've always looked at myself as not being able to achieve the success that I want without my family being kept together and feeling supported by me and feeling love for me in the midst of all of the other things that I'm trying to accomplish, right? Yeah, would you say that your family is your main source of love in your life? Um, That's a great question. I... I feel like my source of love is, like, me. True. 
which uh, that but might that might sound weird. I get what you're you saying because you're mean. correct. You 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 emanate that and you believe and identify as love. I I mean like is that where you feel the most love at? Is is your family? Is that where you feel like you get the most genuine love? Um, if I had to choose one person, then yes, my wife. But it's funny. My I don't ever expect my child to show me as much love as I show her, and I. I feel you. I, you know, that's hard. That's hard for people to come to terms with yeah. because here it is. You bring this child into the world and you're obsessed with them. It is your world. Everything you do revolves around them. They like you mm-hmm. and they trust you and they depend on you. But there's nothing <laughs> showing that the child loves you as much as you love them. We want them to and we say they do and they're expressing what they know how to express. But they're going to meet someone one day mm-hmm. that they choose to love. True. You know? And I'm always going to try to show her as much love as I can and foster this environment that's going to be healthy and for her to have the correct definition of what love is and know what that looks like. But when it comes down to it, I'm always going to love my daughter more than she loves me. Yeah. I, you know? I think right now you could be in any financial situation you know you could be in any health situation any mental situation any place that a lot of other people could judge you and see or say that you don't have value and your daughter is gonna see you with the same amount of value like that mm. might be the most pure unconditional love that you for can now. have for now for now it is true <laughs> because because she's gonna start to get She's going to start to get... Um, I mean, the external stimuli and all of the, the social norms right. and the I was gonna conditioning, say condition. yeah, I was gonna the say programming, right, yeah. will all be put upon her. And, Facts. Um, you know, I, That's I, what she'll learn to not love unconditionally. Right. But right now, all she has is, is an unconditional love for you. Yeah, yeah, this is true. But she also has uh, unconditional love for our dog, you know? True. <laughs> Your dog also serves a purpose in her, like, in her survival though mm. it's like the protect protector of her little clan but i say that because i'll never love a dog more than i love my daughter sure but she's learning about love so she you know and that's that's something that i've come to terms with that i think will protect me later in life <laughs> yeah i i brought up that question because when you gave the example of shack i'm thinking like shack could have felt love quote unquote love from the fans of the Los Angeles Lakers mm. and the fans of the Miami Heat. And then as those were all stripped away and shown to be fleeting things, he's like, oh man, all the love that he felt disintegrated mm. because it wasn't in a group of someone of people who actually, you know, loved him. Mm-hmm. And I think that success for a lot of people is getting to unconditional love and keeping it around you. Mm. And and you have to hold up your end of the bargain to receive that unconditional love because you yeah. can't just be out here with no morals or, or standards or guidelines and expect to live within that love no you can't expect to uh it seemed like some people <laughs> figure it out i don't know from the outside perspective right yeah um but yeah when you lead with love i think that that's the easiest way to be quote unquote successful and um you know it's funny you say that because because I, cause I still feel like God will love you no matter what. So, so yeah, I do think people can make moves to us that are like, oh, my gosh, how could they stay in a positive light that mm-hmm. way? But God's going to continue to show them grace. But people won't mm-hmm. to an extent because yeah. we, we don't have that unlimited capacity to love like God. Yeah. You know, I've always thought that. And then uh, Myron Golden, I showed you him. Mm-hmm. He talks about how uh, God doesn't love everyone. Oh, nah. because, I mean... 
there are people in this world that are very evil and that are intentionally evil. Mm -hmm. And yes, it may be a product of them being harmed, hurt people, hurt people. But um, I think that that's helped me sleep at night because I used to question, like, how can someone, you know, commit multiple murders or, you know, do things to children and things of that nature and still be held in the same regard as me? Mm -hmm. And I try to live my life in God's image and be a faithful man and things of that nature. And so I do think that there has to be levels to it. And that's uh, not a popular opinion in theology. For sure, yeah, because that that gets into like a moralistic uh, argument or conversation. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that depends on... Well, you you have to ask for forgiveness, right? So if someone does all these terrible things, never ask for forgiveness... God still loves them. And it's interesting because we talk about your daughter. You know, right now, if you were to go home and you took the dog, th- put it outside and like made it run away. Uh, this is a horrible. <laughs> took the dog like, out back. <laughs> I know this sounds terrible, but if you got rid of your dog, you took all your daughter's toys from her. You like took everything. You just made it in this like dilapidated state. Until your daughter has been conditioned to understand what good and bad is, she's still going to love you. Like, no matter what, she's still going to look at you, facial recognition, that's father, and she's going to have love Yes. for you. So, it's, and, I mean, in, in some ways, I think that... But some, that would still be me being bad. In your perspective, <laughs> yeah, because you um, know bad. I think in reality, me stripping my daughter of the things that she loves and cares about and enjoys for no reason, mm-hmm. that would be pretty selfish. So, I mean, God in the Bible allows the devil to test Job by stripping him of everything, right? Mm-hmm. It takes away his family. It takes away all this great stuff that he's acquired mm-hmm. only to show him that, like, there's this genuine vibration of love that lies behind everything that you can, like, right. identify with. Right, because God was teaching him a lesson, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be appropriate for me as a father to t- it wouldn't be. teach my daughter a lesson it, in that way. It wouldn't be. <laughs> it's just interesting to kind of think of God's love more as, like, a, a innocent child rather than like a conditioned man in a society you know what i'm saying well yeah yeah and i I talked to my wife about this recently we have to remember god's not a man Mm. right Mm. omnipotence omnipotence sometimes we like to put our thoughts and tendencies and uh you know social norms Mm -hmm. and attribute them to god Mm. but god is above us in consciousness in every way so even those tests that he has placed upon people, we can't really perceive why that was right in that time. We can't replicate those tests. We can't do the things that God did, but we can live in his name and 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 in his image, mm-hmm. right? And try to emulate him as much as we can. And then that's where you get forgiveness and you get loved by God, right? For sure. And I guess that adds into another part of my definition of success then is like trying to understand, you know, like... The, like the energy of the creator, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I know I'm never going to fully grasp it with my mind because I'm so limited, but just the, the journey that is there. Mm-hmm. That's a big part for sure. Like, like the curiosity and the willingness to know that there is this force behind everything that is, um, aligning everything to, yeah. to make sense. Yeah. Uh, one conversation I was listening to recently was trying to decide if you can achieve success without, education Mm. and i do think that 
education is necessary to get to success. And it doesn't have to be traditional or formal education, right? But you have to learn about the world and learn about yourself and learn about the people around you and learn how to love and, mm -hmm. you know, learn how to grow. It's, it's all education, right? Yeah. As soon as you stop learning about your environment or learning about you, you lose track of everything and you're not able to articulate and you have no understanding and you can't get to what anyone would consider to be success right that's very standard to have some sort of education there so to be stripped of the opportunity to be educated is uh, one of the I guess most cruel things that you could do to somebody. Yeah, I think that's shown in like the oppressive cultures when they are trying to keep people under some type of tyranny, like the education that they provide for them or they allow them to seek is always gonna mm -hmm. be controlled. Yeah, and there's systems and uh, people placed in this world to make it seem like education isn't the cool thing to do or the right thing to do or the answer. Mm -hmm. But um, well, aw awareness along with education can lead to a, a lot of amazing things for someone. Yeah, and it, it's Black History Month, and oftentimes we've heard from young minority groups that these colonizers were scientists and educators and all these things, so they'll try to throw a stigma on the knowledge and the education that those people gained right? and say that, oh, look, like if you're going to that route, it's only going to teach you how to be evil or things of that nature. But that's not true because the education, like you're saying, it can build you up and then you make the choice to have an intention of love or hate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, part of it's awareness. You mm -hmm. have to use your discernment. Um, the same, you bring up critical race theory often. It's the same concept. You learn about the bad things so you know that they're bad, right? Mm -hmm. You can't uh, pick and choose what information you want to learn about to try to build up this you know, picture-perfect ideology, it, you need to take all of the facts into consideration and be able to uh, fully understand the difference between them and why this is bad, why that's good, why this is ideal, why that's not. And, um, you know, sometimes the, the why piece and the implementation and the depth gets left out and then just surface-level facts get thrown out and people have to piece them together and that's not... Uh, that's not any way for someone to really build a framework and understand concepts. Yeah, sure. Man, and that, like, as we're having this conversation, I feel like my definition of success is unfolding. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, like, not only do I want to be in the moment and also recognize the creator, but I want to have a foundation that's strong. You know what I mean? Like, with all the talents that I'm trying to master, I don't want... I don't want to be fake about it. I don't mm -hmm. want to have like the, oh, he did this one time and that was luck. I yeah, want to have something yeah. that's consistent and, and battle tested and I know that I can go to because it's truly a skill of mine. Yeah, that's cool you say that. I've been meeting a lot of uh, founders and CEOs lately and I, I've always wondered like what leads someone to want to just sell a company to start another one, right? Mm -hmm. That seems like a crazy thing to go through all of that the the pain and struggle of starting you know that is not a fun place to be in we all see when everything's picture perfect and the systems are in place and everything but um a lot of these people once they've already done it that that's not enough for them like you said and then their idea of success is replicating it and proving that they've beat the system and figured out how to uh make things basically uh, grow into whatever it is they imagine it can be, mm -hmm. you know? And that's why Shaq is so cold because through his facing, through his performing in front of so many large crowds throughout his NBA career, 
I believe that gave him the confidence to be able to articulate himself on, himself on national TV as well as he does and just be himself authentic on national TV because he's always been authentic. Mm-hmm. We've always seen Shaq mm-hmm. being authentic, and that's why he was more of like an archetype than just a basketball player mm-hmm. because if you gave him a microphone, he was uniquely Shaq, and if you put him in the post, he was uniquely Shaq. Like he was always doing these things that only his name resonated with the behavior. Shaq-tastic. 100%. Shagnificant. It's just crazy. <laughs> but it's it's that's why he's able to be him. Now, yeah. the fact that he might have been seeking out the success through money or acceptance, you know, is is another thing. But the fact that he was able to yeah. auth- be authentic in himself is a beautiful goal for a lot of people to try to reach. Yeah, I always give these athletes a little bit of grace, cut them some slack, because you just look at where they came from, and it's hard to adjust to that life overnight. And you might say that 10 years isn't overnight, but when you spend 20 in this place of scarcity and really trying to make it to that pinnacle so that you can reap the benefits of the finances and support your family and make sure your mom's okay and all that stuff it's hard to break out of that switch into dad mode especially Mm -hmm. when you're still living that same lifestyle that got you there right for sure so um more money more problems yeah that's the I think the takeaway there, because, again, success can't be defined by money because anybody can get money. But I don't think anybody can be successful because it does take that mindset and that takes effort. And a lot of people don't have any interest in developing the mindset. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they can get a good job or start a company, do whatever. But at the end of the day, their cup's not going to be full if their mind isn't right. For sure. You know, and and I work with a lot of students who are very impulsive, like they act on their first emotion and their first idea. Mm. And then a lot of the work that we're doing is trying to delay that process between the first initial thought and the actual behavior to Mm. have some type of self-awareness in between that. And I believe that that's another thing of success is thinking about what it is that you're genuinely going to act out into the world because we've had this conversation a lot where it's like many thoughts are going to come in and some of them may be toxic and immature and all these different things but it's like you don't have to choose to act out that one yeah yeah everything starts with a thought Mm -hmm. but the thought doesn't have to come into existence when you have a thought it's only in your reality nobody else knows you have it right? right but if you are thinking about being successful you need to at least uh, surround those thoughts with positive actions, mm-hmm. right? And with realistic expectations. I say that, you know, uh, with caution because a lot of the successful people that we look uh, up to and want to emulate, they have done things that didn't seem realistic on paper, right? Yeah. And th- but it, it took the mindset and the, the team and the the methodical process for them to actually get there and so it didn't just turn into that overnight and so you can have that big idea or big dream that nobody believes in but there needs to be something along the way that's part of the plan and the journey and the puzzle that is attainable and sounds like it makes sense too for sure and and like we can control there's a lot of controllables in our journey but I'm not so blind to say that there isn't a 
element of luck for everybody who becomes very successful. Oh, yeah. Like that's part of it as well. Some type of luck, some type of alignment. You were in the right place at the I'm right time. I'm back and time. forth on that. I'm back yeah. and forth on it. I think it's a small amount. Like I'm saying, small I think 99% yeah. of it is what we control. And then there's this yeah. one part where it's like, you just happened to be in that's the room fair. at this perfect time. And this right person saw you. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen with people all types of ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that makes sense. Even with uh, sports, right? Oh, you yeah. have the, the scout could have been there to see somebody else mm -hmm. and you had the best game of your life. All of a sudden they're interested in you, right? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, any, any version of that scenario. I do think that there are a lot of people that make it to uh, the same or similar level that didn't get the luck aspect too. Do you, you know what I mean? Um, in, in regards to which field, I guess would be my uh, question. I think because I think most, in sports, I, I, I like think, with basketball. You think all the people that make it to the top in basketball had to have a piece of luck with them? I definitely, and, and that luck might even be just the genetic draw that they got. Like sure. you know what I'm saying? Because sure. even that, they didn't have a part in, you know. So okay, yeah, that's fair. I think I never, so I guess with that statement, I don't believe in the luck. <laughs> it's just blessings. Yeah, exactly, and it's that's how blessing. I would like to see that as well. So, in the spirit of dichotomy, you know, if we're gonna try to define success, that means that we have to have a definition for what we think an unsuccessful person is. What do you think an unsuccessful person is? Unmotivated, pessimistic. Um, they don't take accountability, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And. Uh, spiteful hateful mm. you know that's probably about the base of it there i think that if you can contrast all of those qualities then you are in a good position to be successful that's real that's that's real because like showing love or showing hate right mm -hmm. so being unsuccessful is like you're living in a lot of hateful energy a lot mm -hmm. of low vibrations yeah you have to be grateful you have to show love and you have to be optimistic optimistic about the possibility of you attaining these goals and optimistic about your future and the future of the world because you know if you're just walking around every day with your head down thinking that the world's working against you mm -hmm. then the world will work against you and you're not gonna make any progress that's real man and right now we're doing a lot of learning about civil rights leaders because it's black history month and None of those civil rights leaders got educated just to be able to talk about the situation that they were in. You know, none of them got so educated to be like, oh, man, for the last 200 years we were slaves and you see what they're doing to us. Like all of the civil rights leaders that we love had a vision. Forward thinking. The, exactly. Forward thinking. They had a vision of what mm -hmm. freedom would look like, feel like, mm -hmm. imagined it. They knew how to put yeah. it into their mind's eye. Mm -hmm. And that's that's very difficult to do. I think that's why a lot of uh, modern day activists and leaders don't get the traction because um we do talk a lot about the past which is important and we talk a lot about the present which is important but mm -hmm. it's like what are we going to do about it what's the plan moving forward like what do we really want to happen and how are we going to make it happen like if it's not realistic what's the realistic option there needs to be that forward thinking and um that there's certainly been a lack of that i think over the past couple of decades at least like that's been blasted on the national screen for everyone to indulge in now we have these little i think uh, mini activists and uh what, micro influencers that are speaking of positive things and trying to move uh i guess the the social atmosphere in the proper direction but um you know maybe there's a reason well you know we've always seen the influence of the mob when it comes to our great leaders 
But mm. usually in the past, what it would be is that the mob gathered and had to organize to go find this person speaking at a college or at some type of auditorium, whatever it might have been, where they where that mob went to try to influence the civil rights leader or the activist to not do what they do, right? Now, <laughs> that mob is literally just waiting for them to post. Like, that mob is right there in the social medias. The mob exists in the comments. Like, the mob exists everywhere. So it's, like, able to spawn the minute yeah. any type of activis activism is uploaded mm -hmm. if you're posting it, which is seems to be the most common means of reaching people nowadays. There's probably no civil rights... Or I'm not saying civil rights. There's probably no activists that just only do things in person and don't post about it. I'm sure. Oh there is. well, I mean, you won't get the reach that you exactly want or need. Exactly. Yeah. People aren't showing up to city hall to go listen to people talk every week. You For know? sure. And the mob used to dissuade people into becoming great. That was the whole goal. And now that mob still exists. It's not like the mob has gone anywhere. So there's a whole energy trying to keep people from reaching their full potential, especially yeah. if they're able to articulate forward thinking and yeah. have these beautiful visions of what more freedom looks like. It's definitely being diminished, though. I think that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the opposing sides of technological innovation are giving more power to everybody. So the, the bad side and the good side, whatever... Mm -hmm. Um, discussion you're thinking of everybody's having access this is open source information and um, you know a lot of it is available to the general public so um, it just de depends on who's going to use it how they're going to use it and the team that they're going to build to try to make it last because mm -hmm. there's always somebody trying to enact e evil upon our world but there's I believe always a little bit more energy towards the good. And so this this balancing act, a lot of times that evil is going to shine, but that doesn't mean that the good isn't working. Mm -hmm. So with technology and AI, that we're we'll be to a point where if somebody wants to hack or somebody wants to attack, there's going to be bots in place to try to combat. Hmm. Just the way now that there's bots that kind of troll. <laughs> there are bots that troll. There are bots right that now troll. the bots amplify the hate. Right. Like that's what they're doing. Right? right. But again, there are people working on the opposition yeah. and different platforms that will actually censor these things, which people don't want censorship, but that will control some of those issues. So you'll have a place where you can get no censorship or be in happy land with all the censorship and no trolls and bots because mm. AI will be there to determine if it's appropriate or not, right? Yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> Technology's interesting, um, but that's a, that's a whole rabbit hole that I love to dip into. Sure. I sure do, but having awareness of those things I think gives people the opportunity to be successful. Yeah. And having the education... You don't necessarily need in-depth education on every topic, but if you are oblivious and ignorant to certain topics, finances, time management, like basic concepts of being artificial intelligence. I mean, that that is one of the things that we yeah. should be literate in is artificial yeah. intelligence literacy. That's necessary. I think so. Um, and I also believe that that's another facet of our like unfolding definition of success is faith. Right, because basically what you're saying right now is you have 
we should have faith that the technology is also going to work in our favor as time goes on, mm. right? Rather than having faith that it's going to be the opposite. Yeah, I say this all the time. I think that it's very egocentric <laughs> to think that the world is going to end in our lifetime. Yeah. Right. And if you think that AI is going to be the root of all of our evils, I think that you should open your eyes and look at the evil that's been here before AI. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or the evil that's in you. You know what I mean? Because I honestly Ooh, feel like, right, like the amount that you're able to project that this world is only going to give you evil as a response is a mirror into your own soul. You yeah. know, like. <laughs> You know, yeah, th- projection is the thing I've been thinking about a lot. Like that genuinely is what happens. Whatever emotion you're experiencing, you project it, mm-hmm. and then you have this magnifying glass that's gonna see the things that you want to see. Mm-hmm. You think about this with people who are like jealous or think that their partner is gonna be promiscuous in their relationship. Mm-hmm. They're gonna watch how they interact with like every person of the opposite sex and be like, "Oh, did that facial feature mean that she likes him?" Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're gonna try to find what it is that your like hatred is, is feeling inside of you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the harder you search, the easier it is to find it. Like, you're going to manifest it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> or find something that you blow out of proportion and misinterpret. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if you're expecting things to be good, you know, without being ignorant and oblivious, you have to uh, be realistic about the facts that are given to you. But at the same time, if the facts aren't there, why are you looking for something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's in way more than just relationships. It's with everything. I mean, politics and uh, professional interactions. I think that we we often live in a state of paranoia where we think that somebody is trying to take advantage of us or scam us or do us wrong, which is not anyone's fault because there's a lot of people out there doing that. Mm -hmm. But that's why I always say again... There's equal forces of good and bad. It's almost like a 50-50 chance. So, yeah, keep your head on a swivel, but sometimes it just takes as much as looking in the other direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and believing in it, right? And believing in it, mm-hmm. yeah, because you could be looking at somebody that really wants to help you and wants to love you, and you are just not allowing it to happen, too. Right, right. It was interesting because I saw that Bob Marley movie uh, last week. Oh, how week. was it? It was it was good. It was yeah, it, it, it's very quick. I mean, Bob Marley's such a deep conversation, right? right? But it's a good like overview, and they talk about Rastafarianism. They talk about how much they have reverence for the word of the Bible mm-hmm. and kind of their views on how the Bible gives them power. Mm. And I just thought it was awesome because we all love Bob Marley, but we might not think of him as somebody who you know, commanded the word of the Bible and and believed in these, you know, different... I mean, yeah, if you listen to his music and know what he's saying... Facts. If you know who Ja is. Facts, right? <laughs> and that's, like, the liberation, and that's what he's trying to say. He's yeah. like, yeah, we're going to all these European countries and performing in these American countries, but his word is supposed to liberate. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that, to me, is, like, success because he aligned his spiritual growth with his skill that he was mastering Mm -hmm. and they became symbiotic and Mm -hmm. that's success Mm -hmm. to me is like how you align your spirit with your skill that you're mastering there you go right yeah that is it on the head Mm -hmm. i don't think it gets much better than that yeah that's my takeaway for today align your spiritual growth with your skills and if you're working on them together how do you feel no, abundance is the only outcome.
come, <laughs> right? But but that's the thing is you got to be down for the ups and downs, and that's when I mean, we've talked about mm. it so many times. But you know what are you gonna do when you're going down and yeah. everything looks like it's depleting and it's crumbling? You know mm-hmm. how do you respond to that? And that's you know a lot of people have have been tried and not succeeded. Yeah, you just can't stop planting those seeds even mm-hmm. when you're on the downturn. Now, you know, turn it back to investing. You, mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't take everything out because it's down a few percent. You just gotta. Trust the process, keep putting in a dollar, keep putting in a dollar. And then over time, you catch that turn back up, and then all of a sudden, you're in profit. And we want your life to be profitable, but that takes intention and that takes attention. And you really have to be consistent in those efforts because you will fall off. It's easy to fall off, but it's always how many times you get back up, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Success. What else you got? I mean, as far as my, I feel like I've covered every tenet of my definition of success. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm right there with you. And I feel like you know, you you have a we have a good perspective to have this conversation because we've been through this seemingly being the best. We've been through the what the world looked like as oh my gosh, they're succeeding so much. And we've been to what looks like people that we were down, <laughs> you know, and and everything in between. Yep, with a whole lot to come. Mm-hmm. At 27 years old, tough question, Enoch Olmstead. We are going to have to revisit this topic in about 10 years and see what our perspective is at that point. Because uh, the world is changing very quickly. Mm-hmm. Feel like I'm changing very quickly, Man. which is good because I want to keep up with the world. <laughs> and I keep, you know, just this is from my own personal side of this, but I keep getting the tests that I'm asking for, and I'm very appreciative of that. I'm, I have a lot of gratitude that I, I get to this level where I'm feel like I'm fully equipped for everything, and then a new phenomenon comes. And so I was like, wow, mm. but were you ready for this? And then I have to grow. I have to grow because this is what I was asking for. I wanted to become whole and complete and intentional with everything and i want my immature self to fade away as my my maturity mm-hmm. forges forward in this world you know what i'm saying so the things that i'm being faced with to learn these lessons are beautiful and i'm just grateful for them yeah and that's the uh reason you got to be careful what you wish for because you might ask for the success or ask for the financial abundance right and then you might not be prepared to deal with it when you get it mm-hmm. or you might not be prepared to pass the test that's going to get you to that level right yeah and it's not just going to come to you no. <laughs> there'll be a door there that you have to unlock and open and god only knows what that process is going to look like but if you're asking for it it will come your way yeah and i thank god that my family my mom and my grandma equipped me with the tools to go back to when my life was getting rocky you know what i'm saying which is mostly just biblical words prayer um being around people that love me you know these tried and true formulas that people have been doing for generations Mm -hmm. you know in my ancestor ancestors lineage Mm -hmm. big facts yep yep well all right y'all we appreciate you shout out to elevate personal training llc the best health coaching services that you can get in the Southwest or anywhere for that matter because we online. Shout out to Rhythm and Balance for the beautiful production. And once again, thank God not only for 
me, not only for us, but for you and all the rest of us. Mm. And with that being said. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Peace. Peace. (laughs)